Welcome to the Tilted Coaching Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. My background is in coaching psychology and organisational consultancy. If it has something to do with people, I'm usually involved and interested, whether it is about personal development, professional development, leadership, relationships, managing or anything else that involves the care of people in some way. A friend of mine encouraged me to do this podcast because he believed that I should bring my insights and my understandings into a really simple bite-sized collection and this is what you have today. I hope you enjoy the Tilted Coaching podcast. Please do rate us if you find it interesting and you can always pop over to our Patreon account to sponsor it. Okay, today we have Lisa um, on the podcast and we're going to talk about menstrual cycle awareness. And Lisa, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself properly because I'm sure you're much better at that and to tell us a little bit about what that means before we start chatting about it. Sure. Hi, Sheila. Thanks for having me. Um, so I am Lisa, Lisa de Young, and I, uh, I work as a coach and facilitator um, specializing in women's health around their menstrual cycle. Um, so the practice that I um, work with is called menstrual cycle awareness, which is a, um, I describe it as like an embodied mindfulness practice where, um, and when we think about mindfulness, um, it's a non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. And so menstrual cycle awareness is um, that the same thing, that non-judgmental awareness of um, where um, a woman is at in their menstrual cycle on any given day and understanding her body through the lens of her menstrual cycle and how that impacts her um, physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and, and so that's what menstrual cycle awareness is. And so I help, I help women to understand their cycle um, so mm-hmm. that they can live a little bit more in sync with their cycle. Um, and I also help women who are struggling with their cycle in some way so that they can establish some kind of relationship with what's going on and, um, you know, yeah, just make decisions on self-care or lifestyle management um, based on that education. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, um, because you're, you're talking very much about the menstrual cycle and most of the time when I hear about um, the menstrual cycle, what I really hear about is periods um, and this focus on the, the, the pain or the experience of a period and not necessarily on the full cycle. Um, mm. so I'm, I'm kind of wondering for, for the people listening as well, could you give a description of why the cycle as opposed to just the period itself is important and what occurs in the cycle? Because most of us might not be aware of it until we're actually having a period or trying yeah. for a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not trying to, for a baby exactly. So that's, <laughs> so that's really um, a really good question, Sheila. Um, I think socially we do, we, we kind of immediately just think period, period, periods and then you know we can forget about it for three weeks and then periods and we can forget about it for three weeks. Um, but actually the whole menstrual cycle, so every day has a significance um, in terms of menstrual cycle health and um, the ebb and flow of women's hormones. So, and the reason why that's important is because if there is an issue with menstruation, with periods, period pain, or even PMS, some women get really very severe PMS, 
um, it's important to look at the cycle as a whole as opposed to this isolated part um, because there could be an issue in a different area of the cycle that's has, that is having a knock-on effect um, and then that manifesting in that particular phase of the cycle. So to keep it simple, um, in my work, I use the seasons of the year as archetypes to explain the different phases of the cycle. So um, menstruation is the winter. So that's where hormones are at their lowest level. And because hormones have dropped, that allows for um, the uterus to start to contract and for the lining of the womb to shed. And, that, and that, that's when we have menstruation, um, if there hasn't been any conception. And the reason that's called winter is because on a hormonal level, um, because hormones are low, it means therefore that for a lot of women, our energy is very low um, and we can become, you know, it, it can be a very vulnerable time emotionally, mentally, physically. And so I would encourage women, you know, to rest during that time because it's quite a low energy time. Um, and then when we come out of menstruation, there's a hormone called estrogen that starts to rise. Um, and that's that phase is called the inner spring of the menstrual cycle. It's where estrogen is still kind of rising a little bit, um, but it's not fully at its peak. And, and the, the inner spring is the, the transition between menstruation and ovulation. So ovulation is the, the other side of the menstrual cycle. So um, ovulation is the time where a woman is fertile, so she can conceive here. Mm -hmm. And on an energetic level, estrogen is really high. So um, a lot of women would feel very um, energetic and confident and um, their, their, their libido might be higher. Um, <clears throat> and they, there's this kind of energy of, you know, for, for a lot of women feeling like a superwoman. Um, not for all women, because again, these are just archetypes. And mm. then as we come out of ovulation, that's the summer. As we come out of the summer, then we come into um, pre-menstruation. Um, so that's the inner autumn and socially that's been spoken about in quite derogatory terms in terms of like, Oh, you know, the, she's just PMSing phase or, you know, the cranky hysterical woman kind of phase. Um, but actually that's a time where the body, so we have two hormones here. We've got progesterone and estrogen. Um, <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it, it, it can be a time where PMS can, can arise, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very delicate and vulnerable time for a lot of women. And so um, it's really about exploring what's going on. But what I see for, for a lot of people is that it can be those PMS symptoms underneath, underneath the charge of um, irritability, for example, there is a lot of truth or un, unmet needs or a requirement for more self-care or a requirement for more um, safe relationships or more contact with people that they, you know, um, are close to. Um, so, so, and then we come back around again to the, to the inner winter. So it's really like those archetypes represent um, what's going on hormonally and energetically from an archetypal point of view. Now it's not the same for everyone. Mm. Uh, it's really about understanding your own cycle and then learning to work with this. And, that, and that's when I would encourage women to track their cycle mm -hmm. so that they have that relationship. Yeah, and I know that when we, so when I was at the workshop that you facilitated and we were looking at the seasons, it was the first time anyone had ever explained why a cycle would, would have, why you would in, in one month, in one process, have multiple experiences that are kind of time-lapsed. So I was wondering, why am I so tired after my period? Or why am I, you know, 
so yeah. so energetic at a particular point and when you talked about the seasons as the archetype while the timelines for others and, and myself didn't exactly match up what did match up was the pattern and mm. I suppose what I'm wondering is about do most people when they're tracking their period do they have a sense or their menstrual cycle even the habit they're saying period their cycle do they do they tend to see that they do have a pattern as well yeah they do after time absolutely um like i think almost all the women that i work with and that i have trained with um over time they do start to see a pattern however um <clears throat> we i would always encourage women not to set their expectations too high and try to like kind of like fit into this box if, if that mm. makes sense in terms of like oh this is what my inner summer my ovulation has been like for a year so therefore that's just the way it is all the time and it, it doesn't really work like that it's really um because there's so many things that can affect our hormones including our external environment and um, so it's really about establishing a relationship with the cycle so that we kind of have an idea a little bit of um i suppose our vulnerabilities and then if something does change then we can kind of tend to it or meet it um and then like i said you know these that's the archetypal um structure so when i for example when i talked about the inner summer being a high energy time for a lot of women um it can be for some women the ovulation they can experience burnout or anxiety um or depression during that time and that's and going back to the, the first question you had that's the reason why looking at the cycle as a whole is important because that can have that can be as a result of something going on in the menstrual phase so if women are or the person who is menstruating um, experiences a huge amount of stress and um, they have to kind of push themselves through their period every month that then has a knock-on effect on a hormonal level to the ovulation and can be the reason why there is burnout there and it might necessarily not might not necessarily be anything to do with the summer but it's as a result of something happening at menstruation in the in the winter um, hmm. yeah completely i suppose like the awareness after the workshop that i attended with you the awareness that started to come up for me was when i was working with women bringing the understanding that our menstrual cycle could be impacting um you know our well-being and the people i work with and understanding that while that's definitely not my work, when you're working with um, somebody who has a menstrual cycle, ignoring it, which is kind of our history a little bit, is ignoring it until it's in the way, but ignoring it doesn't actually empower anybody. Yeah. And, that, and that understanding even these chemical changes has made a significant difference to, um, to me, but also to, uh, to women that I've worked with in a different capacity, but understanding that if they're in their low phase and they push through, they could continue to have a low month, you know, because they've actually yeah. used up for want to, for, for less scientific terms, they've used up a lot of that, that hormonal piece, that, that energy. Yeah. And, and so then they set themselves up for a continued burnout or anxiety or overwhelm. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it's such a, a fundamental thing. Like our system is magnificent and doing this, doing this process the whole time. And, what I love about what you do is the harnessing piece. So you do a lot about working with it and holding mm -hmm. and supporting rather than rejecting, judging, medicating. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say yeah. a little bit about that? Because I, I think that that's, that's a far more nourishing yeah. approach. Yeah. So my, um, 
overall intention for this work is to, well, even for myself, but also to, in the education that I provide is to um, help to kind of help women to see that the menstrual cycle can ultimately be something that supports them as opposed to this burden that we have to push against. Um, cause it is kind of handy to, it's like, it's a, like, I find it very useful to know what is going on in my body hormonally because it's like this lens into my system every week or every day or every month. And that gives me um, understanding and that then because I have that awareness, then I have more compassion in terms of what's going on for me. Do you know? Um, so for example, at the moment with, with all the stuff going on in the news at the moment, when I was in my ovulation phase, um, my ovulation does tend to be very like my, because I've tracked for so long and I've developed this, this, um, deep relationship with my menstrual cycle which isn't always good by the way so I just want to say that as well like a relationship there are good and bad days right so so but generally speaking my um psychological experience of my ovulation is that I'm very outward focused and in the sense of like I don't feel the need to retreat into into my own psyche like this kind of this outward focus the the lights are kind of out and like I have more curiosity of what's going on around me and I want to read read a lot of news but because we have a lot of um um bad news in in the in the mainstream news at the moment um part of me is kind of looking forward to coming into my inner autumn and so that I can kind of read back a bit <laughs> do you know I I kind of feel the need for grounding and I know that I feel more grounded in myself when I come to the pre-menstruation phase when I don't battle it when I allow myself to go inward and so give myself and what that looks like is um slowing like I can still I still do the same stuff in my day but I slow it down I have awareness of where I am I have an awareness that I'll be on my period in you know a week to 10 days um I might do more um yoga or something do you know or I might mm. um spend more time reading and having a few earlier nights or taking a bath so that kind of stuff and it's just a lovely and I'm not but I'm not um it feels more nourishing and I'm not going against my my body it's more like yeah working with the ebb and flow um or learning to at least yeah mm. okay so I'm gonna ask you the, the question so what are the three things or the, the yeah the three things I, I don't want to say tips but the three things you'd say to anyone listening. So I'm going to say that you'd say to any woman listening or any man listening, um, what is, what is it that you'd say in terms of the work you do? What is the advice you'd kind of give, um, either to women directly or to the loved ones in their lives around what can be helpful to support, um, somebody with a menstrual cycle? Very broad mm. question. <laughs> yeah. Good question, Sheila. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, for, for, for women or people who menstruate for themselves, um, I think the number one thing that I always love to see those people take away is giving themselves permission to slow down and rest more at menstruation because <clears throat> that is the low energy time and it's an opportunity to really restore and revitalize the body. Um, and it can be a really, really nourishing time to down tools here. So that could be anything from just on an energetic taking it slower or sleeping in more or um, wearing looser clothing. You know, it really depends on what you have capacity for in your lives. Um, 
The second one would be um, to track the menstrual cycle in some way, in a way that works for you. So um, I quite like to journal and keep, keep track in a journal. Um, but there's also apps that you can use like Clue, C-L-U-E, which is a really nice app. And you just input day one. So day one would be the first day of your period. And then even if you don't track every day and in a week's time, you want to know where you are in your cycle for practical reasons, you just click on your app and it tells you, oh, you're on day seven or eight. Um, and the third one would be, um, hmm, I think for in general, for, for, for people who don't even menstruate, like men, if they, if they want to support the women in their lives, I think, um, to be, to, to kind of bring a mindset of curiosity. Cause I think I'll just speak for myself, like in the past, before I came to this work, um, I would have been very cranky and moody in my premenstrual phase, but the was like a lot of unmet needs underneath that so um it, it was always helpful when people were kind to me as opposed to reacting to my cranky moods and um, so I think curiosity and kindness when people are in bad form because I think and that goes that goes for everything not even just the menstrual cycle you never really know what's going on for someone do you know you never know what's mm. going on for someone. so um to try to, I think to try our best to, to be compassionate when someone's in a bad mood, someone we love is in a bad mood as opposed to reacting to them. Um, and maybe asking like, what can I do to support you instead of, I don't know, reacting, yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that Lisa. And I know like it's something we talk about a lot in general in our work and in our, in our conversations. I, I think it's really important that that compassion, um, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, but she's moody, right? So let's just, let's do the stereotypical heteronormative and um, think she's, but it's like, well, actually we all sometimes aren't managing well, right? And a little bit of kindness and a little bit of compassion goes an awful long way. And when we treat the women in our lives or the people menstruating in our lives better, especially mm -hmm. during times where they're struggling, mm -hmm. we, we build more kindness into all our relationships. Yeah. And it can be reciprocated. So I'm not talking about act, like women acting out and or people yeah. on their periods acting out and using it as an excuse. I'm just talking about that little bit of gray area that we let, allow more compassion instead of reacting. And mm -hmm. that's something that can be reciprocated. It's not just something that has to, to be offered to people on their periods. What, while I would encourage everyone to do so, <laughs> I, I also encourage people with periods and people without periods to think about that moment of reaction where, where that compassion can be offered and how much better it is for everyone. Like we feel better when that's how we react to people. We feel better when that's how people react to us. It's nourishing for everyone. Um, exactly. Yeah. And what I'd say on that is, is that um, I'm, I'm very aware that there might be women listening to this who really struggle with the premenstrual phase. Mm. While we struggle, while a lot of women can struggle in our bodies, it's even harder the struggle when we relate to other in relation to our menstrual cycle, right? Yeah. So um, that's really, really hard. But over time, when we start to bring in more compassion, especially in the premenstrual phase where, where that irritability can often arise, um, tracking and the practice of being aware of where you are in your cycle and just increasing your self-care a little bit. And because it's not going to be fixed, quote unquote, fixed overnight, um, but it does take the edge off. Like after a while, you can kind of like the edges start to kind of get smoother in that in that in the charge of irritability that 
come up but it just takes a few cycles it's like each cycle when we start to bring more awareness to the cycle each cycle becomes a very thin layer with through which we can work ourselves and also our relationship to other um but it just it takes some time it does <laughs> and i think i'd love to have you back on in in a couple of episodes and we i'd love to talk about relationships because i think oh you know, how we relate, not just with each other and not just with ourselves, but in general, how are we relating to yeah. each other, ourselves, the world, our expectations, you know, the things we like, the things we don't like. And we talk a lot about that. So if you were open to it, I'd love to have you back on to talk about relating in a couple of episodes. Yeah, I'd love to. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Lisa, I'm going to thank you um, for today and for that information. And, and I think it's going to be really helpful, not just for people who with um, menstrual cycles but for people who are, are having to live in a world with people with menstrual cycles and yeah. and and love people with menstrual cycles like to understand that this impacts them is is really fundamental in relationships um, yes. and and so I'm, I'm just going to thank you for that and I'll probably get you on in a couple of episodes if you're up for it to discuss yeah. relating excellent okay thanks, thanks a million Lisa take care bye-bye Thanks for listening to The Tilted Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. If you'd like to sponsor The Tilted Coaching Podcast, simply pop over to patreon.com slash tiltedcoaching and sponsor the podcast for as little as a cup of coffee a month. If I didn't say it correctly, pop over to the link in the bio, visit the Patreon page and become a sponsor. Thanks a million.